Hello everyone, my name is Antonio, also known in-game as Hispanic Link. Welcome to the League of Learning Wild Rift podcast. Here we are looking to help new players grow their knowledge and continue improving in the game. We have a sponsor, their name is Beardfish Gaming. They sell magic and Pokemon on TCGplayer.com, so if you want to support the podcast, feel free to buy cards from Beardfish Gaming or Beardfish Direct on TCGplayer.com. We also have some social medias you can follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handles are all LearnWildRift or at LearnWildRift, so feel free to look us up there. If you have any questions or things you'd like to let us know about our podcast and how we can improve it, you can email us at LearnWildRift at gmail.com. We also have a Reddit that's r slash LearnWildRift, and we have a Discord and YouTube as well. So feel free to follow us on there. We're trying to grow all these communities, so every person matters, and we are looking forward to meeting all of you. Okay, so at this point, our introduction has finished, so we should just introduce ourselves as the podcast host. So I'm Antonio. I'm also known in-game as Hispanic Link. I'm Emily, also as Emmy in the, the game. I'm um, Dave, or uh, I guess Cleave. And I'm Ryan, known as Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Ryan. <laughs> All right, so the first thing we have on the docket today is, does anyone have any exciting updates on your playtime recently in the app? I mean, I'll go first, because I do. I played 14 games today, 14 ranked games with my buddy, um, uh, what's his handle? I can't remember Agressio. now. It's Aggressio, yeah. That's our friend Chris, shout outs to him. Uh, we started out 5-1 and one this morning, which was a pretty good start to the day. We lost the first one, had a five-win streak. And then at the end of our 14 games, we ended up 7-7, seven and seven, solid 50 percenters. So we're out here killing it on the rift, you could say. Had some good games, had a really, really good dragon steal recently. And I've had a couple games where, you know, I thought I couldn't win them and we ended up staying in it and having some really good late game, you know, turnarounds that ended up having the momentum swing in our favor and we ended up turning around and winning. And then we had a couple games that we couldn't possibly lose or throw away that we did end up punting so hard because our teams decided to feed one at a time into the enemy team of three or four people at a time. So you could say I had your average league experience this week. Uh, I also uh, hit solid diamond four. I'm about, uh, I think, 45 LP deep right now. The highest I hit so far is 75 LP towards diamond three. So. Back into Diamond. Feels nice. Nice job, man. Thank you. It's a lot of games. Oh, yeah. A lot of games in one day. Uh, Ryan, I've been seeing you getting in on some customs. You've been getting any good practice in with some characters recently? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been pretty busy with work and other games and things, so I've been uh, just trying out Echo in some custom games just to get a feel for him. He seems pretty strong. Um... That's right, 3.2's out this week, and Echo is out with that. That's the new champ right now, the new hotness. People were playing him in all of the ranked games today. Not every single one, but almost every single one. So what's sweet with Echo? What do you like? Yeah, I, I really like the, the you know how he's implemented. I think he feels really smooth. Um, his, um, his kit just translates really well to Wild Rift, I think. And I think it's a little unfortunate because... Uh, his kit is also conducive to jungling, except they just kind of dumpster the jungle in this patch as well. So 
Um, it's not really worth taking any champion of the jungle um, that doesn't have a lot of uh, inherent self-sustain, which Echo, while he does have his shield, does not have a ton of sustain, so he's kind of gets beat up by the jungle. So I think he's pretty solidly in mid lane for Wild Rift right now. And let's talk about those jungle changes. And so 3.2 brought along with it not just Echo, but it brought along a bunch of new runes. And then we also had those changes to the jungle. So the main ones are the red buff got a buff in armor, so it's stronger against any champions using AD because statistically, uh, what at least Riot has said on the matter, is that statistically more AD champions go to the red buff first and most AP champions that were in the jungle were going to the blue buff first. And so what they did was they buffed the armor on the red buff and they buffed the magic resist on the blue buff to make it so champions might have a little bit more variety in what they're doing. They also changed what the uh, buffs actually give you. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, I think they nerfed the, the damage, the burn from red buff does to monsters um to kind of slow melee champions you know uh or attack based champions down in the jungle and then baffling bafflingly they removed the um the health regen off blue buff um which means just like i said any champion that doesn't have inherent sustain just gets bonked in the jungle <laughs> um yeah like uh, I'm I'm not the best jungler, but I was struggling to finish clears with like less uh, more than like two two or three hundred health. Um, it was it the was... health regen off blue or off red. So in Wild Rift, it was on blue. It was on blue too. Okay. Yeah, um, and it was the only thing that made blue kind of worth it because it didn't have any haste on it. I guess, <laughs> uh, which. I thought it always did. It does now. Um, okay, so it's it's just more in line with normal league. Yeah, so it just gives, yeah, it gives you haste and, uh, and and mana regen, but there's no health regen in the jungle now, not on red or blue buffed. I will say that I played some games today and I was running very low on mana, dangerously low. Probably should have you know gone back to the fountain to heal low, and I went and I took my blue buff instead. And the mana regeneration on that is hoo-wee! It, it hits. It is very nice mana regeneration. They buffed it a little bit, but, like, again, if you're not Nunu who can't heal himself with his abilities, like, it's like, ooh, I have a bunch of mana, but nothing to do with it. Like, no health to do anything with it. Yeah, so. that's fair. Do the jungle items work the same in Wild Rift? Uh... Like, do they steal... I think it's, like, tw- like your autos steal, like, 25 health over X number of yeah. seconds or something? yeah. Yeah, okay. there's no jungle items, but taking smite g- just, gives you like just just auto does that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think the passes passes are like called like tooth and nail or something. Okay, so like having smite just auto gives you a passive, so that after th- like three or however many smites, it just upgrades auto. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I know because in a game, I think it was last night with our good friend. Derek, who's also known as Chim Chim in the app, uh, he was jungling, and I took Fiora, but I accidentally copied a build very late into the queue, and the build I copied also had Smite, and so I was like, huh, I'm like level 8, and my Smite hasn't upgraded, what's up? And then I went and I smited like a Scuttle Crab or something, and I'm like, oh, it upgraded. Oh, it's based on the amount of times you use Smite, not your actual level. It doesn't level 8, <laughs> I say. 
Yeah. So that was something found out by making a mistake. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those curious about what I'm talking about, in Big League, you buy a physical item at the beginning beginning of the game if you're jungling, uh, which determines what kind of smite your uh, smite will upgrade into, either the red or the blue smite. Um, and it has an indicator for how many charges it has left on it uh, before the item itself is consumed and then your smite is upgraded. You still have the same indicator. Uh, your smite just has to do with the number of times you yeah, use it. It's, yeah. Yeah. You, yep. Just, there's, 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 no, there's no physical item. Yep. Just a little streamlined. Kind of like how there's no Doran's items in um, in Wild Rift. Um, and the basic items cost 500 gold. <laughs> kind of annoying. Um, I mean, Doran's items don't even get don't even get bought for the most part anymore. Are they cheaper in Big League or something? They're 450. Oh, oh man! Long swords, long swords, like 350 gold or something. Yeah, and then like uh, Doran's ring and, and blade are 450, so you can buy a pot with them. But they they all used to be 500, like way back when. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. But they also used to, like, Doran's Wade used to give you more life skill. So it was actually fine to buy it as, like, a solo item. How about you, Dave? Have you had any fun games that you've played on Big League recently? I think I saw you on there a day or two. I mean, that was that Aram I just posted in our group chat. How was it? Uh, I mean, what was it? It was 21 and 4. Oh, my Jesus. You hurt those poor people. You can't do that to people, Dave. I got Caitlyn and Aram, bro. It's broken. Caitlin? Yeah. Yeah, turns out she can attack you from pretty far away. You know, the farthest away, actually. As it turns out, yeah. Alright, okay, just wanted to take this time to just give some shout-outs to our friends Rookie86 and Yule Ooze. They're some of our early listeners who are giving us some support for our podcast, giving us initial feedback, and really just helping us, you know, grow this as best as we can. So shout-out to our friends Abe and Kyle who are out there helping us with this. And then we're going to move right into our main topic for today. And that was, we were going to talk about the minimap. That was like our whole thing for today. And so the quote that I gave in the first episode was, you're not using your minimap enough, even if you're using it enough. And that's because the minimap is one of the most useful things they provide in the game. In the app, in Big League, it just, there's so much information you can get off of it. And you should probably be looking for information off of it all of the time so i made a list of 11 things and it's more than one thing on some of these so 11 different topics that you should be looking for on your mini map at any given time i'm going to overview them and then dave and ryan will tell me if i'm wrong or where i could be better or what i missed and then after that we'll probably just deep dive into each one of these a little bit all right so i have objectives i have team fights i have missing or isolated emily and emily's and enemies I have split pushes and split push opportunities, and we're also going to cover what split pushing means. Uh, we have leftover grugs, gromp, wolves, or raptors, which are the small neutral camps that aren't buffs. We have the blue and red ra- uh, bramblebacks, or the buffs, and we have overextended enemies. We have scuttle crabs. We have free minion wave farm. And then a question of, is your nexus being pushed by minion waves? You should probably keep an eye on the minimap and check for that. And then you also want to be scrolling or viewing different portions of the mini-map. You can also have, like, auto-pathing, and then you can have map and camera panning in the app. Because in between, it's 
the like top ability, your ultimate, and what else is up there? It's like the pings. So the, you know, on my way ping, the retreat ping, or the danger ping, and then the engage ping buttons. You can actually like scroll and put your finger there, and you can scroll the minimap a little bit. Uh, you can also actually touch the minimap directly if you want to see a certain area. So keep in mind, you can also, if you're auto path Only with consent. Can... Sir. <laughs> keep in mind that you can also... Oh, no. It says we can't access your video device. That makes me sad. We can still see you. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, you can make sure that you click somewhere on the map, so you start running to that point automatically, and then you can pan using your mini-map or that scrolling part of your app uh, as you're walking down lane or into the jungle or wherever. And so that's what I have. Did I miss anything as far as you guys are aware? I don't think so. Isolated Emily was definitely very important. She felt that yeah. one today during her 14 games. Isolated yeah. Emily's. Hey, she was hanging out with her sister today. And she's actually back at home in Rochester hanging out with her family. And I'm in Syracuse. So we're... Oh, God. <laughs> did, I just dox, did I just dox us? Oh, no. Yeah, you sure did. We are. Thanks, buddy. Oh, goodness. I literally remember my first time. <laughs> it's okay. You can just edit this out. <laughs> we'll just move. It's fine. We'll actually just move. We didn't specify what state, though. Ah, that's yeah, right. there's Rochester, there's Rochester in uh, like Utah or some shit. In Texas, and there's one in Minnesota. Yeah, think, so it's Rochester and Syracuse so. in Minnesota. Yeah, this is Syracuse in Utah. Yeah, my my shirt doesn't narrow it down at all. I also skipped one of our categories, <laughs> so I'm gonna just go back to that real quick. And that's Emily. How many team boosts do you still have? We're looking for that team boost update on a weekly basis. So, how are you I doing so I, far? I just looked, and it's seventy six. 76. All right, so what's your goal to get it down to for next week? Wait, isn't that number higher? Yes. Yeah, I think I I literally just opened it, and I think it updated. <laughs> it updated the apps. So got I think it, event. yeah, I think I got a couple when I updated. This is, this so. is not... This is not the way it's supposed to be going on. Because I did use a couple this week. I played a couple games, and I used them. And now it, it's like I didn't even use them. So. And so just an important reminder from last week and this week, uh, just make sure you're using your team boost and your blue motes boost <laughs> because they are literally just free value. It's never incorrect to there. use them. I mean, aren't, don't you... Like, you get more blue motes for winning. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, but I guess you still get some. If, like, you don't get nothing if you lose, right? Right. But you should yeah, just try so to win more. Isn't that always the case? Like, shouldn't you just try to win? More than you Dude, try. That's some Korean advice. Just, just <laughs> lose less. Just lo- it's, it's yeah. good advice. It really is. How I mean, can you go wrong like, with losing less? I feel like we played games like that where it's like, oh, let's just decide not to lose. <laughs> and then sometimes we actually do decide not to lose, and other times we just still continue to get raffled, stomped. Sometimes. The funny thing is, that's the u- the usual advice that I give to people, to like to my friends that are going to magic tournaments. If they ever ask me for advice, I'm like, yeah, just just don't suck. You'll do fine. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio knows about this. It, just win more games than yeah, you lose. Yeah, that's what I told I, Every time Akil uh, will go to a tournament, that's exactly what I would tell him. Just don't suck. It's good advice. That's super helpful. It's super helpful. It really, bro, 
All you gotta do is don't suck. I don't think that's probably what they looked for, though. It probably isn't, but we're looking for. He, he would come back to me later. He's like, "Yeah, I just didn't suck, and I and I I did well." <laughs> it's good advice if you follow it. It's bad advice if you don't follow it. Yeah, if you don't if you don't follow it, if you choose to suck, then you're just not gonna have a good time. It's Schrodinger's advice. Yeah, and it's always their fault if they don't follow it. So how can never come back go, to me. Emily? How'd your games go, those two team boosts that you used? I don't even remember. I think he won both of them. Usually they, de- they definitely went well then. They definitely went well. I yeah, you only remember the ones I don't even used. remember what yeah. games we were playing. I don't remember what day they were. The thing is, even when Emily does well in her game, she still gets mad. Like, she's not allowed to die. That's like, she... She is the most yeah. diehard, like, I can't die. If I die in a bots game, I'm dishonorable to my family. I mean, that's just... Where's the that, live, though? Yeah, those are just hard facts. Yeah. It's true. It's I true. Think I, yeah, I think I died in an intro bots, and I was like, how did that happen? What? Can you disconnect her, please? <laughs> died in intro bots? It may I'm have sorry, been intermediate. This is a for professionals. Well, I am definitely not a professional. It may have been intermediate. It was definitely bots. <laughs> Dies in bots on installs app. <laughs> That's Hasn't it. played for days. Die dies in boss goes AFK immediately. <laughs> All right, let's Time get, to get back a new to phone. let's go get back to this mini map stuff. So objectives: we have four different types of dragon. We have inferno. We have mountain. We have ocean, and we have cloud dragon. We have rift herald, which spawns twice a game, and we have baron. Of note: objectives only spawn on the summoner's rift so this is going to be your elemental rift games your intro bots games your intermediate bots games and it's going to be your pvp and ranked games as well also i think your customs or whatever but can you set up custom arams that seems like a thing you could do probably i don't know yeah so uh as last as last i checked at least in big league no all right your your customs have to be on summoner's rift objectives are only on summoner's rift but of note aram also has a mini map and you can make good use of that as well using vision Okay, so the minimap has this thing called Fog of War, where there's going to be portions of it where you can't see anything because you To be fair, vision. the map has Fog of War. The map? Yeah, oh, that's the map true. Just the that's map true. in general. So, like, yeah. you're running around and, like, you can't see around certain corners or whatever. So yeah. there's blind spots in both the game and on the minimap as well. Mm-hmm. And so you have wards, you have pink wards now, and you have scanners, which can give you visibility in different ways on the minimap and so wards are the yellow looking trinket that are in the top right of most people's app when it first starts and those can be placed on the map they're visible to your enemies for like two to three seconds and then they disappear from their view but they stay on the map for what is it like 60 seconds or something it's like one minute which one the yellow ones Yellow, yellow trinkets are 60 yeah. seconds, too. 60 seconds, yeah. So you, they stay on the map for 60 seconds, and they give you vision and, like, a radius around them, a small, you know, circular area around them. And so you can place them in bushes. You can place them not in bushes. But after a few seconds, they're invisible to your opponents, invisible to you on the minimap. And they also alleviate fog of war in, like, in and around corners if you're behind, let's say, a wall or terrain of some sort. And there's a yellow ward on the other side. You can actually see what's going on. That's true for pink wards as well. They're not invisible to you. They're not invisible to you. That's right. You can see them. But they do go to invisible for your opponents eventually. Yes. 
pink wards are always visible to everybody, you and your opponents. So you're basically only ever want to gonna put them in bushes. But they activate kind of as a mix between the red scanner ability and yellow wards, so you get vision in a circle around them. But also, they show you any enemy wards that are in the area, the yellow ones, and they allow you to destroy them. You can go ahead and you can chop those wards down, and no matter how much time is left on them, you get... It's enemy wards and other invisible traps, so like Teemo Mushrooms and such. Oh, yep, it also shows Jin traps, it shows... um, Enemy invisible units. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if Evelyn's invisible, you can see her. So anything that's invisible, pink wards show you. Rengar. Oh, scary kitty. And then the last one is Red Scanner, which we talked about. And that gives you, it feels like it's somewhere between 6 to 10 seconds, where you can run around and it'll reveal any wards or traps or Teemo mushrooms or any invisible kind of ground-dropped, like, trinkets or items. 10 seconds. I can hear Ryan typing. <laughs> yeah, 10 it. seconds. Yep, yep. <laughs> Ryan is our uh, go-to Google guy. He knows I got, I, got the, the, I, I got the wiki up. That's what they call me, Google guy. And baseball guy. Listeners yep, and baseball get a uh, live update on everything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Ryan is the guy who knows how to use the internet. That's actually my only role in this podcast. My role is to look things up and also creak at inconvenient times. <laughs> <laughs> the most creaky. If you're wondering why episode one was a little choppy, I tried my best. To, this is my first time editing any podcast, so I'm doing my best. But if you have feedback, if you want me to be better, if there's editing, oh, I have like, feedback. let me know. Oh, yeah? Did you listen to the whole thing? No. I... Be less choppy. Yeah, be less choppy. All right. We're working on a lot of things okay. this time. So one more thing. Um, of, of note, uh, Pink Ward's in bushes. You have yeah. to be in the bush to see them. That's true. That's true. So bushes, just generally, for champions, for wards that are pink. Yeah, they work for... like champions in that way. Yep. Uh, you go in a bush, and the enemies can't see you unless they have a ward in there. It's very nice. Pretty nifty. So I guess, um, I mean, maybe we can mention that now. So that's a way to snuff out um, if there is a ward in a bush. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say you have a minion wave that's coming down a lane. Uh, an enemy minion wave. If you uh, walk up to that minion wave and you get them to follow you toward a bush and you walk into the bush and the minions continue following you, that bush is warded. Mm. If they stop and just continue as like they should, like normally down the middle of the lane, the bush is not warded. So if they lose track of you, the bush is not warded. But if they keep following you, they'll keep following you because they can see you. Right. Okay, all right. So that's a, that, that's a way to suss it out if you don't have a, a scanner available. Okay. So we got wards, we got objectives, we know a little bit about our minimap, but the more that you can place vision around the minimap, the better your chances are going to be of making good, advantageous use of it. But speaking of making good, advantageous use of your minimap, let's talk about the next thing I had on here, which is team fights. If you see a lot of blue and red icons meeting in an area on the minimap, you should probably start heading to that minimap in a somewhat safe or engaging way. Because likely what is going on is a team fight or the kind of dance around before a team fight begins, where they wait for one of the other team members to make a mistake first, and then everybody dives in on top of that and tries to figure out what goes on after that. So what do you guys got for how to best look at a minimap to engage a team fight? 
unlock your screen. Uh, That's good. Yeah, and so like, like screens aren't really locked in Wild Rift, but you definitely move your 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 screen around and, and look around the map, right? Because uh, you you want to, depending on what your role is on your team, you want to be looking for ways to uh, engage the fight. You want to. Um, you know, if you're a tank, you want to be looking for angles and uh, maybe, you know, engage on their carries or something, you know, clever angle or something. Um, but primarily you want to be aware that your team is gathering in the first place. <laughs> um, Hopefully people should be pinging or something, letting you know that like, hey, we're going to engage the enemy team or hey, I'm on my way yeah. here or something. There's a lot of like yeah. built-in commands. I forget what they're called. It's like auto chats or something where you can click a button and it'll say a certain phrase or something. And so you can say group for team fights or group up and pick them off one by one. Yeah, I, I, team fights are um, like they're very complicated. So it it really depends on like what your role is in the team fight and how the team fight is progressing. Uh, like where your team is, where the enemy team is, where the team fight's even happening. Um, like there's some team fights that you know, shouldn't even really be happening. So going to our first our first uh, mini map thing that we should be talking about, which was objectives. A lot of time, team fights will happen around objectives. Like as teams are going to either case out or start the dragon or the baron or the heralds, that is where a lot of team fights or team engaging activity is going to happen. Is around objectives or big pieces of the game that are worth taking. And because of that, a lot of so. Like, there are a lot of narrow passages that lead into these areas, and that is where a lot of these team fights can happen. And that is where a lot of bad decisions are made. So there are certain champions, again, I don't know how many of these champions are in Wild Rift, but uh, things like Sona, uh, Misfortune, Rumble. Um, two for three. Champion. Hmm? Rumble is not in there. You were two for three. Though. Rumble the is in there? Two okay, in two there. for three. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so so champions that basically have ultimates that exploit teams funneling into a, a narrow passage. Those are those are bad places to fight. So, so like Seraphine is another good one. Yeah, Seraphine is another, another great one. Um, so like you, you don't want your team funneling through these small areas to get to Dragon. So a, a good example is if you're on... Well, I guess with you it's reversed. So it would be if you're on red side and you're trying to get to dragon from the top down. I think I think red starts from top and blue starts from bottom. Yeah, from top. Um, and there's a, a narrow passage on on the side of mid, and you're trying to get it to go, to go basically to on both sides. I would say even so, like narrow from top and narrow from like mid. There's kind of two little like terrain funnel points. It's much worse on red side. Um, it's like it's um, t- it's to the side of blue buff, basically. Yeah. So it's not it's not on the side where blue buff opens, but on the other side of blue buff. Right. That that particular passage is very narrow, and that's where a lot of bad bad choices are made. A lot of team fights are started and lost from that tri bush area. They sure are. Usually <laughs> lost. Usually lost horribly. Yes. I think it's called the I think it's called the banana bush. A banana bush. Oh, I like that name. I might, I might be. I might be wrong about that one. That that one I might need uh, confirmation about. I think some people call it the, the banana bush. We'll have to figure out where banana bush is because now I gotta know. Ryan, Ryan, Mister Keyboards. 
do you have the banana bush at the ready for us? And can you tell us where it is? Let's check it out. It does kind of look like a banana, so that one I would understand. Yeah, it's the one in between Blue Buff and Mid Lane. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. The banana bush. It's a great one. All right. So mm-hmm. the third thing that we have on this after team fights that you should be looking for are missing or isolated em- enemies. God. <laughs> you just oh, can't stop. It can't, can't be stopped. I can't do it. She's missing. She's not at home right now. She is a missing Emily right now. <laughs> so if you're looking for missing or isolated Emilys, the so in the beginning of the game, there's a phase that's called the laning phase. And generally speaking, solo, mid, and duo are going to be in the lanes fighting for farm, fighting over trying to take the tier one turrets. And just generally speaking, they're going to be staying mostly in their area. Unless they get lane priority, unless there's an objective up, then you start getting to rotations. But then even after, you know, the first couple objectives, you're still going back to those lanes and trying to figure out who has their tier one turrets, who doesn't. And that's called the laning phase is when you are focusing on the lanes. Later in the game, you get to called, what, what is it? The roaming phase, the team fight phase, the, the try to end the game phase, the late phase. Mid-game. It's usually mid game. And so there you have a lot more freedom to rotate as a team unit, kind of go take objectives, go start to engage the enemy team, go try to push a lane as a team unit. And so there's a little bit more freedom. But missing enemies generally occur during the laning phase a lot. That's where it's like most important to figuring out where your missing enemies are. I wouldn't wouldn't even say most important, but that's where the first occurrences of missing enemies are going to happen. And so if you notice let's say in duo or mid that, or even solo, honestly, that your enemy is gone for a prolonged period of time. There's generally one of a few things that are happening. One of them is that they could, if it's very early in the game, like the first minion wave, they could be leashing. They could be helping their jungler take their buff in their jungle. And so that's something that could be happening as a reason why they're missing. They could be invading your jungler and trying to get an early kill slash gank slash possibly stealing an early bramble back from them. They that bastard. That, I hate it. That stupid Blitzcrank. He has a hook on my soul. That's where he has it. <laughs> but there's also the possibility that they are potentially moving to gank another lane, which is where you rotate to try and help your ally or your opponents rotate to try and help their allies take on a champion opposing champion and so if you notice that your your opponent is missing for a prolonged period of time you might want to either a rotate yourself or b try to figure out what they're up to so you can use like the blue flower that's on the map to try and get some vision see if they're placing wards in river taking a scuttle crab going for a gank you can ping missing enemy to let people know that your lane is missing somebody that's supposed to be there or you could also honestly try to figure out what's going on by looking at the minimap. Are people grouping and maybe you're the person that's missing out on a team fight? And so if you notice an enemy missing, you should probably try to have some sort of reaction and try to take notice of it pretty quickly so that way your mid laner or your other laners don't get ganked by accident. There he goes. Rip Antonio. We hardly knew him. I cleaned out my computer. <laughs> Hi. Hi, buddy. So that app that, fix, that cleans your computer, you pay for it? I hope not. No, I sure didn't. Okay, just checking. Sorry for the interruption, folks. 
had a little bit of technical difficulties there. My internet decided it wanted to just, you know, take a little break. It was a little tired. It was just a little tired. It's tired of, tired of carrying this podcast. Honestly, no, it's fair. I think the internet wanted to cut me off because I was going a little bit on a tangent about missing enemies. The point is, try to rotate, try to respond to what your opponents are doing, or better yet, try to make your opponents respond to what you're doing. Be the missing enemy for your opponents. Don't let them be the missing enemy. And rotate and mess up your uh, allies' lanes. Fucking facts. All right. There's also isolated enemies. So if you notice somebody's all by them lonesome and you have maybe one or two of your best buds running on the minimap with you towards that person, you can probably go and kill that isolated enemy because they don't have friends and you do. And so that's a good thing to be paying attention to on the minimap is anytime that you have one or two of your best buds and there's a red or a blue icon on the other side that does not have one or two of their best buds. That is a really good time for you to go ahead and just get in there. Just get them. Just get them. Anything you guys got on missing or isolated champs that I missed? Any better ways to look at the minimap? Well, there's one thing. So, Ooh, go ahead. Get on it, Dave. Uh, so, this probably doesn't happen as, as much in um, with supports that are less knowledgeable about the game. But something that happens a lot with uh, folks that are more knowledgeable is, typically speaking, when... The first time that the support will back, they will not immediately go bot. The first thing they'll do is they'll back, and then they'll either go mid or top. Just to check out and help out. Yeah, that is actually pretty popular and good Wild Rift supports, I would say. I've seen my good friends, uh, Ryan and Chim Chim, work that on their own different support roles where, you know, if the lane's ahead, as long as, you know, nobody's getting crushed and we can trust each other to, you know, stay in lane for a minute without getting wrecked, you know, you can have your support roam and go help push and snowball some of these other lanes. Yeah, that's that's entirely about lane state. So if, if you're able to get like the minion wave to your tower and have your AD carry farming safely with no chance of them being dove or being um, being killed or, or threatened in some way, then it's it's very easy and definitely a good idea for the support to not be in lane and to go somewhere else. Because there's no reason for them to just stay there. Yeah, and that kind of plays into both points, right? And so, like, you are kind of in that situation roaming as a support to create an isolated champion situation. Now you're putting a 2v1 pressure on mid or solo. And then, conversely, if you notice that you're in dual lane and the support's suddenly missing, that's where you can ping missing enemy to let people know that, hey, the support's, you know, roaming, or the ADC and the support are roaming and going elsewhere. And that's just another way that you can use the minimap slash pings to help, like, show your allies and keep an eye on what's going on in the game for yourself. Part of uh, part of the support's job is basically spotting where the other support is and calling out when they have run timers and when they're able to not be in lane. Yeah, and so like I was saying, in the same way that you can ping when objectives are coming up using the minimap. So if you click engage and you look at the bottom of the minimap that pings up when you hold the engage, so you can ping like a certain area on the map, there's little icons on the bottom of that map that shows up and you can actually ping those. And some of those I believe are enemy respawn timers. And so that's important to keep in mind in that you can also ping all sorts of things on the minimap to let your allies know what's going on and kind of what you have in mind. This is especially important as a jungler or, you know, basically as anybody who has an idea in the game. Yeah. Well, it ends up being the jungler's, one of the jungler's primary functions is to 
keep track of where the other jungler is also. Honestly, as a jungler main, I could probably do a lot better about that. I try to use my uh, blue flowers to my advantage a lot. I try to steal the opponent ones as well to be like, hey, look at these jungle camps they have. They're still up. Or, hey, look at them. They're clear. So that kind of gives ideas of where they are. But I can probably maybe do some more hanging about like, hey, there's danger in their uh, blue camp area if their red camp's clear and vice versa. No, your job is to snowball. Ha, that's true. Because I'm a new new main. All right, the next thing I had were split pushes and split push opportunities, but first we should probably cover what split pushing is before we look for opportunities to do it. So I'm going to put it on Ryan this time. Ryan, tell us a little bit about split pushing. So <clears throat> split pushing, despite what may seem like a solo activity, is actually a team strategy, right? <laughs> so um, split pushing describes uh, a scenario in which um, all but one person typically uh group up in one lane and the remaining person that isn't grouped up is in another lane right and the idea is that <clears throat> you are applying a lot of pressure on, in multiple places on the map right now the key thing to split pushing working there's a couple key things right one you have to be uh confident in your split pushers ability to you know kind of uh, answer whoever they send, right? If the, if your split pusher can't effectively one, <laughs> is he still here? Your stuff still your stuff is still being uploaded, Doc. All right, cool. Yeah. Does it say I'm not here? It says your camera is disabled due to slow internet connection. Video is still being recorded. Oh no, I don't like that slow internet connection thing. That could be potentially hazardous. I'll keep going, and Antonio can edit this all out. <laughs> um, yep, this will be fun. Um. Okay. Because if your split pusher can't reliably 1v1, you know, whoever they answer, then your split pusher strategy is not very effective, right? Because you can't apply any pressure, right? The second thing is, uh, not only do you want your um, split pusher deal to handle themselves in a 1v1 situation, ideally you also want them to be able to handle themselves in a 1v2 situation, right? That way you can apply maximum pressure, right? Because the idea is, if... You, your opponent can't handle you 1v1, they have to send someone else to tank for you, right? And if they send two people to answer your one split pusher, you've created a numbers mismatch, numbers mismatch and a power imbalance in the other lane, right? Now you're 3v4, right? And ideally, you can apply, uh, apply enough pressure to either kill, get a kill, you know, get a pick, or kill, uh, get a tower, or outmaneuver them on the map so that you can get the nearest, uh, the the uh, close by objective. Um, so, but the important thing is that <clears throat> you need a lot of vision uh, in, you know, uh, your, on your opponent's side of the map in their jungle and stuff like that. So you can see who and what they're sending to answer your split push, right? Because depending on the thing, you might want to apply the pressure. You might need to back off, right? If they send four people, right? Your split pusher needs to get the hell out of there, right? Because your split pusher, you don't really want them to die. Um, or if they do die, you want to get uh, kills or objectives in in in, uh, in return. So the main takeaway for split pushing is that you can't do it by yourself. Your team needs to be on board because if your team isn't applying pressure, right, with your split push, then you're not actually accomplishing anything. You're just out of position then <laughs> and you're overextended yeah uh and the enemy team will come up around behind you and gank you and you'll be sad and you'll be like what the hell guys um so you got to make sure your team's on board good split pushers yeah 
And so, sorry, to, to, to finish no, up, but good split pushers include champions like Jax, uh, Camille, Aurelia, Set, um, champions that you put some respect on Trindamir's name. Uh, Trindamir is a really good split pusher, too. Um, uh, I think I think he's weaker than some of the other champions I mentioned, but I think uh, like he's a solid split pusher as well. So he's specifically a good duelist. Yeah, um, I think like you have to play Trindamir with intentionality, which is kind of hard uh, for a lot of people newer at the game. Uh, and so I think a champion like Jax is a little more straightforward in how to split push. Um, so yeah. No, that's fair. And the best, so you can go into a game having an understanding of how you're going to play it. And a lot of times solo laners end up being where the split pushers are. And so a lot of those champions you hear just now will be in the solo lane split pushing. And in that case, if you're not going to be expected to be by your allies a lot of the time, you could take the best split pushing item, which is Hallbreaker right now in the game, which gives you extra damage versus turrets extra damage when you're isolated it helps you buff your canyon minions it gives you kind of like a mini baron buff for your canyon minions when you're isolated with them and so you can push down a lane very very quickly with that item uh split pushing as ryan said generally is 4-1 but i have seen teams split 3-2 to push two separate lanes at once depending on you know game state death timers who's alive on the enemy team etc etc so there's different ways to split push that well, but generally speaking, it is 4-1 for split pushing. That's how it's set up and designed to work. 4v5 is happening in mid or in duo, and somebody's in top pushing down the enemy lane. Or, you know, it, it can really happen anywhere, but a lot of times you're going to be far away from where the action of the rest of the enemies and allies are. I think that just about covers split pushing. Uh, Dave has something. Why don't we go ahead and move on? Oh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. I didn't see your finger waggle. You gotta t- gotta tap louder if you wanna. <laughs> you're, you can't see my table. Uh, oh, you're right. So something very important about split pushing is the split pusher needs to be on the opposite side of the map from the objective that's currently up. This is the problem: is if it, if he's not, <clears throat> then the enemy team is going to be on that side of the map anyway. Because they're going to be moving, like at least the junglers are going to be moving that direction to get some vision, maybe see if the enemy team is there yeah. and figure out, you know, all right, what am I doing with yeah. this objective? So, so the whole yeah. point is that you're trying to draw pressure away from where the objective is so you can get an imbalanced fight for the objective. That's smart. That makes sense. All right. I think we can move on to the next topic, which are you can check the map for which camps are up in the jungle. Uh, I have five and six being separate, but five is leftover grugs, gromp, wolves, and raptors, where six is blue and red buffs. Uh, generally speaking, you should just be checking the map and seeing if there's jungle camps open. If you're the jungler, you should just try to constantly clear your jungle camps. It's always worth it to get extra gold. It's a great way to establish a lead versus assassin junglers, like you know your Vi's, your Kha'Zix's. They're generally going to be trying to gank a lot more than your average jungler. Uh, Lee Sin as well is on that list. Um, but your like Nunu's, your Shivana's, some of these other junglers are going to want to hit and clear every camp as often as possible to try and establish a gold lead and a level lead that way. 
And so what I would be saying is if you ever notice as the jungler this camps up, you should try to take them. If you're not the jungler and you notice that your jungler is leaving camps up, or if you notice that there's an assassin jungler on your team and they're going to inherently be leaving a lot of camps up, you should try and clear those camps because that's just free gold sitting on the map there, as Ryan would say. You can't just have free gold sitting on the map. you got to take it. That would be ridiculous. Anybody could. Why not you? Why not you? Why not the person you're supposed to? And so you should also figure out for your champ, like, if if there's a buff on the map, let's say, there are some champs later in the game that want to take, like, red buff if they're really, really ahead. You know, if somebody's, like, 13 and 2 or, you know, 10 and 2, maybe consider letting them take your red buff so they can continue to snowball and gain levels. Uh, Blue buff, honestly, goes to a lot of mage champions for that mana regeneration, but, you know, maybe you can let somebody who's, again, ahead take that blue buff. So just consider the game state. And if you're not ahead and you see somebody taking your buff, don't be afraid to let them take it. You can hit a few autos, help them out, and then move on to the next jungle camp and take something else if you really need some, you know, levels. I have a question. Sure. Yes, go ahead. Um, I know I've asked this before, but I keep forgetting. Ask it again. Ask it a million times. What are the blue and red buffs? Alright, so in the center of each jungle, there's kind of like a bigger, badder, like mini boss camp. And they're known as the blue buff and the red buff. There's one of each on each side of the river. And there's, I think it's generally speaking, it's blue on left, red on right. And that's true no matter how you approach the map. That's just the truth. Mm -hmm. Blue buff gives you mana regeneration when you kill it. Just passive mana regeneration. Is it when you're out of combat or when you're out of combat with champions or just always? Out of combat, I think. Or, I'm not sure, actually. The health regen's out of combat. I think it's always. I think the mana is always. Because at least when I was fighting the Gromp after fighting the blue, my mana was still regenerating, and that was pretty nice. And then the red buff is something else that are good for you know what i'm you know what i'm gonna take over i'm gonna be google jr i'm gonna look up wild rift red buff and i'm gonna read you the abilities right now because ryan's looking up blue buff what do they look like they look like the little crawly things and they are quite literally the color we're saying there's a blue like enemy type looking thing it's kind of it stands on both feet it's rock looking it's got blue all over it that kind of binds it together and so that's i now understand and the red buff is on all fours, kind of looks like weird elemental camera rupt because it has a little volcano on its back. Red buff reminds me of Ryan a little bit. Aw, that's sweet. Red buff is cute, dude. That's right. Right. You know what? That's because Ryan is cute too. Yes, that's the fucking what I meant. Thank you for point. Okay. <laughs> so red buffs apply a slow debuff on your enemies you attack, and they deal true damage. And this effect is more effective on melee champions or AD champions. And then the blue buff gives you. Ma- uh, mana regeneration only now. Uh, oh, it says this regenerative effect is so powerful that toggle skills like a Mumu's Despair barely deplete your mana while you have the blue buff. And a toggle skill is something that you turn on and off and it stays on or stays off. I think it's like Singed has a toggle ability, a Mumu has a toggle ability. There's there's a couple other champs I think as well, but they're kind of few and far between. And then the buff no longer regenerates your health outside of combat. Uh, both of these give 140 gold per kill, and the gold raises to 215 gold at 8 minutes, and then it raises to 220 at 10 minutes. And, alright, while I'm at it, I might as well look up the gold of the other camps. So, killing Gromp gives you 140 gold. Gromp is the strongest normal jungle monster, so just be careful when you do it. 
Raptors and Wolves both yield 140 gold as well. And then Krugs split into two when killed, but with each split, they get weaker and easier to kill. But killing all the Krugs gives you 190 gold in total. So it is the one that gives you the most gold, which kind of surprises me because, like, junglers leave that camp out there a lot. You're just leaving that free gold out there. I always try to hit my Krugs. They take very long to kill. I know, but, like, that's... You gotta clear the jungle. My good friend Ryan once told me, keep your jungle camps cleared. If not, you're just leaving gold out there. Some champions are very, very bad at killing certain camps. Yeah. I guess I'm just privileged because I'm a Nunu main and I got those snowballs that just, like, peg down. Nunu doesn't care. Nunu can kill... Nunu insta-kills any camp. Nunu doesn't care. Yeah, He's so good. I love it. Nunu overpowered. Please don't nerf. Please only buff ever. <laughs> you you picked the most overpowered uh, jungle clearing champion possible, and you're like, well, isn't every champion <laughs> clear every buff? <laughs> Why doesn't everybody just you know one trick to diamond? I don't understand. <laughs> I I wonder. I don't know, man. If only this uh, game was so easy. That make this game harder. I've been trying, you know, speaking of trying new things on champions that you just constantly one-trick, I've gotten really discippointed with Nunu. I've decided I'm sticking with the tank build. I've gotten off of the AP build completely because I watched one Hell's Devil video and he said it was bad, so I'm like, cool, I agree. Um, But I ended up, uh, my build currently is Sunfire Aegis into Dead Man's Plate into Stone Plates, and then I have three open slots because I want to try and look at the minimap more, look at what's going on in the game, And so I'll actually take a look at my enemy champs, see what they're building, see if I need to build Spirit Visage first, maybe go for a more AP resistant build, or maybe I need to go for an AD, you know, resistant build and try to build my Thornmail first and then go into, you know, a Randuins. But I've really been trying to pay more and more attention to how I'm building. And actually, it's hilarious because it forces me to go back and spend gold because I'm like, oh, that's weird. I don't have any items up. And I'll look and it's like, oh, 3,500 gold. That's because I don't have any more items in my build. I should probably figure out what's going on this game. And so it's actually been a really good like self-check and kind of gut punch of like, okay, you're not checking the minimap or things going on in the game more. And you should probably be looking around. Yeah, so it's been good. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Minimaps are great. I think a lot of uh, champions could, or players even, could potentially benefit from like, okay, what are the things that you know you're always pretty much always going to be building in your kit first? Set those first few items and then leave them open and see what you can build from there. Try to challenge yourself to learn more about builds and how to build and what items you should be looking for and like, you know, uh, melee damage builds versus magic damage builds versus, you know, anything going on in the map. You can learn all sorts of things when you look around. Pro tip, Triforce, Trinity Force, good on any champion, no matter what. Tons of damage. Tons of damage. Yeah. Is it good on AP champs, too? No. No, it's not. No, always good on... (laughs) I'm just kidding. Troll right now. Don't... I'm going to edit that out. You can't mislead our (laughs) podcast listeners like that. I I would argue that you should always... How should I phrase this? Probably in a way that's easily understood. Well, that's literally nothing I've ever said in my life, so it's going to be tough. You got this, Cleve. I believe in you. I mean, I don't know how it works in the game, but basically, like, the way it is in, in Big League, right, is, um, like, you can have, like, 20 different rune pages and have it set up for, for everything, right? 
You can you basically have room pages saved to champions. Sure. So 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 basically, the point I'm trying to make is like I have 20 room pages, but I only use one because I remake it every game depending on the situation. So I would say that you should probably be doing your items the same way. Yep. Yeah. And I think as you get more and more skilled and start to learn more and more about the game, like in a ranked queue, let's say you pick, you know, first, second, third pick or somewhere in there, you can probably, as the draft starts to go on, you can change up your items, you can change up your runes, especially if you know what you're doing. And so every champion gets four runes, everybody gets, you know, six items that they can build, and you can change those on the fly in the middle of the game, before the game. And in Wild Rift, to kind of answer your question, Cleave, you can have up to three pre-builds ready to go. And so for Nunu, generally speaking, I had my standard build, which was just heavy tank, kind of mixed team. And then I had a heavy AD uh, resistant build and a heavy AP resistant build. So that way I can, you know, switch into those as I see a draft go or whatever. And so that's kind of how you can set it up. You can change your runes in those builds as well, and you can alternate between those three builds. But to your point, there could be situations that your three pre-builds that you have don't always cover. And so knowing, you know, maybe this rune is really good against, you know, specifically the comp of Yasuo, Vi, and Fiora, or something like that, you know, just these three champs mean this one rune is really, really good. So. I, I guess my point then is, like, you can have the pre-builds or whatever, but, like, if you if you force yourself to rebuild it, every time then you end up just thinking more about uh like the individual ruins and items and what they're capable of doing and it tends to lead to more experimentation about the build and what it's capable of doing so you don't yeah you don't like i guess you oddly pigeonhole yourself sometimes into like building the same the same stuff like kind of without knowing it Oh, for sure. And I think anybody can benefit just from taking some time and reading the different runes and what they do and like going in the app and actually just taking the time to like read their champs. Like we were talking in the first episode, you know, learn your passives, learn your champs abilities, learn what makes them good and what makes them, you know, not so good and what makes them insane in certain matchups and try to have, you know, a bit of a deep catalog of champions that you can rely into for different situations. Something I would also highly suggest is play ARAM. Yeah, Aram's super fun. Emily even likes Aram, and she's not a big PvP fan. Why do you like Aram so much, Emily? Tell us. I think because there's one lane. Easier. You don't have to Cause... worry about the rest of the map. You can just play a champion. Yeah, because while, yeah, while, like, a lot of them I personally haven't played, like, it is a good chance to be able to play them while just worrying about one lane instead of like three lanes in a jungle and trying to figure out the character I can still like move around and try different things but yeah yeah okay that's fair would you recommend ARAM for new players to try Mm, maybe not right away but Give yourself some time to learn a few champs or whatever. Yeah, I think um, some of them are a bit too hard to try on ARAM and maybe want to do some custom games or intro bots first. I think the perfect time to try Aurelia and Lee Sin is on ARAM. Yeah, I've done that and it's awful. (laughs) No, am I crashing again? Oh, no. Deuces. Oh, hopefully, hopefully our stuff uploads anyway. Because I, I was just gonna say that 
Like, if you play ARAM, you're forced to play new stuff, and you're forced to play against new stuff. So you'll you'll both, like, learn what the champion that you're forced to play does, and you'll learn what the other champions that you haven't seen yet do. Yeah. And you, you also learn to dodge skill shots. Yeah. It, unless you want to be dead a lot. Like Dodging skill shots is so overrated. I mean, I've heard that, but... Aram is definitely a lot of, like, moving and... Yeah. Trying not to get hit by stuff. Like, when I... Because you're just in one lane. Yeah, like, when I decided that, like, I wanted to at least get better at that that part of the game, like, when I was playing a lot of bot lane, I just started playing a lot of ARAM. Like, I, I never get hit by Morgana Binds anymore because I played a shit ton of ARAM. Dave, are you telling me that I can dodge bullets? Um, not bullets so much, but, like, magic roots... You can dodge magic roots, not so much bullets, unless they're gin bullets. <laughs> or Caitlyn bullets, god. You can't, you can't dodge Caitlyn bullets? What are you talking about? You can if you're jacked. I hope in Tony comes back soon, because it's getting really warm in my room, and I want to turn my air conditioner on. Antonio. Where is my friend Antonio? Send up the rip signal. Let them know. And we should make a podcast, guys. Force too many anyway. Antonio could just be the editor. He doesn't have to be on the show. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Emily, do you think Antonio's going to get a new computer? Oh, she's on the phone with him. Yeah, I'm on the phone with him. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Way to phone her in, Antonio. <laughs> oh man, that was good. He's hopefully joining soon. <sighs> I definitely think we need to invest in a new a setup new toaster? for you. Yeah, probably. If you want to keep doing this, <laughs> I think so. But that's what Beardfish Gaming is for. All right, so you talked a little bit about ARAM. You think maybe not for newest players, but somewhat new players, it could be a good thing. Heard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I know, Emily, at this point, you're going to leave us. So thank you for joining us again today. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll see you for the next, you know, next week as well. Yeah. Sorry, I can't stay the whole time. Everybody's going to miss you. I do want you to know you were the most talked about host so far after episode one. I mean, that makes sense. That's kind of weird, actually. That's (laughs) super weird. (laughs) Super weird. All right. All right. Bye. I gotta go. Bye. All right. Now that she's gone, the party can really start. Finally. Okay. So, I think we're only going to do a little bit more. I just want to finish a little bit about the mini-map, and then we can talk about how we're going to do micro versus macro next week. Nice. Okay. All right. So, the next thing on our list is overextended enemies. Uh, This kind of goes into the isolated enemies idea in that... Later in the game, there's going to be a lot less turrets, and so people might be more inclined to try and make, you know, split push efforts towards lanes. And you can actually find, using your mini-map and using vision with wards that you've placed throughout the game, you can actually go ahead and see, oh, the enemy team, you know, three or four of them are over by their tier three inhibitor turret, just chilling, hanging out, trying to, you know, protect their wave. And then you have this, you know, solo laner up here, and 
our tier three inhibitor turret, you know, trying to push in the lane, that might be a good time for you and your buddies to go roll up on the solo laner and get him because he is overextended. He is without his team and he is without help or she or they. Any of Listen, them. if we're going to talk about Ryan like this, just call him my name. So Ryan could be overextended, and if you see that, if you see Onyx Kanan in a game trying to push a lane by himself, you get him. You take him down. Yeah. Make him wish he never even saw the game in the first place. Yeah. Classic. Classic. As much as we're trying to do that, you just continue doing that. Treat treat him as intro bots. Did your lights just flicker? Yeah, I so I was moving my foot under my desk, and my light flickered because I kicked the wrong cord, apparently. That's okay, though. Are you sure that's not why your computer's getting messed up? Could be, maybe, but the internet is not hooked up to this one, so that's okay. Something else on this list that I have is Scuttle Crabs. If you notice the Scuttle Crab is up, you know, go ahead and try and take it. That's always a good thing to try and establish is more vision on the map. And if you kill the Scuttle Crab, it acts as if, you know, it's a yellow ward. It sits there for about 60 seconds, and it gives you vision if any enemies try to cross that area. Also, if you run over the Scuttle Crab vision area specifically, you will actually get a speed boost after staying in there long enough. Specifically, if your team took the Scuttle Crab. If the enemy team took it, the only thing you're giving them is an opportunity to see you on the map, and that's bad. Don't run over red Scuttle Crabs. Although, like, that, that, that kind of goes into the importance of checking the map because, like, how many Scuttle Crabs, like, do you walk over and you're never punished because your opponents aren't looking at the map to see you walking over the crab, Every right? single one. So, like... Yeah, you have to look at the mini-map for the vision to pay off. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right? That's why we're here to talk about this, is because you got to look at the mini-map. If you're going to take advantages like Scuttlecrab, you should at least try to use them as often as possible. Yeah. And yeah, some degree yeah. of that relies on you looking at the mini-map that's there. And if your jungler takes Scuttlecrab, do not ever look at your mini-map and use that vision. You must die to every gank that walks through that crab vision, so as to tilt your Nunu. Even in Diamond and Emerald, I walk over enemy Scuttlecrab vision all the time, and dual laners will just sit in lane and do nothing about it. They will see me run over it with a snowball, they won't be looking, and they will just get completely railed from the side by a giant snowball coming down river. I mean, snowball's slightly different. You are moving with some speed. Still, though, you can see me on the minimap at least a solid second and a half. But more on checking your mini map. You can see if there's some free minion wave farms, and you can try and push some lanes further towards the center. <laughs> oh my god, he almost died. Deuces. <laughs> All right, let's try that one again from the top. All right, so you can check the mini map and see if there's any free minion wave farm. You can try and make sure that you uh, balance it to a more neutral area, so they're not always pushing up on your turret. And you can kind of keep them close to your turret area or close to, you know, wherever your tier one, tier two, or tier or your inhibitor turret, whichever one's up at the time. Try to cre- keep minion waves there so that way you can farm them a little easier. And if, you know, enemies come and check up on, hey, what's this person doing? You can run away. You can very much so run away. It's very important to leave yourself with escape options. But anytime that you find gold on the map that is available for you to start taking, you should try and take it. It's good. It's always good to try and gain experience and gold on top of your opponents. Unless you are a support. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Sometimes Unless you're still pushing fresh. You should probably not be taking Hallbreaker on your support characters. You will probably not be split pushing a ton. 
Unless you're still pushing thresh. Ah, oh, I really gotta stop flickering my lights. I just wanna stretch my leg out and I keep kicking my lights instead. This is what you get for being tall. This is your punishment. Oh, yeah. Alright, do you guys have anything on looking at the minimap for free minion waves? You can also use your mini minion waves to try and see what your opponents are doing. You can see if your opponents are farming in lane or whatever. That's a great way to see if enemies are isolated or primed for the ganking or making a push on a lane. I mean, some something important about it is being cognizant of where you're farming said minion lanes or said minion waves. Because depending on where your wave is, so, like, it's always going to be mirrored, right? So if your minion wave is between your, like, first and second tower. The enemy minion wave is also between their first and second tower. So you know where they're going to meet each other. Because they're always running at the same pace and leaving at the same times from the enemy spawn points. Yeah. So you're able to... Like, like you don't want to go out and meet it, like, in the middle of the lane, right? You would much rather that, that wave, um, like, get closer to your side to be collected so you can collect it safer. So that's just something something to be aware of. And this goes back to something we were talking about in our first episode with minion wave manipulation. You just you can look into different ways to help manipulate and position your opponent's minion waves and your minion waves by default in advantageous positions for yourself. And then I only got a couple more things. I got, is your Nexus being pushed by Minion Wave? Do you see your inhibitor turret about to go down? Make sure that you're not secretly getting backdoored while team fighting in the late game. You can find yourself losing to some super minions that are taking your Nexus, and suddenly you're being CC'd and unable to, you know, recall and get back to stop it from happening. Uh, you can also win the game that way. You can team fight and engage your opponents while you got some super creep waves pushing, and uh, go ahead and try to let them backdoor their Nexus so you can win the game. And then scrolling and viewing different portions of the minimap slash camera panning and map scrolling. Uh, there's always the ability to touch the minimap directly and view different points on the minimap. If you have vision in areas, you can actually scroll and see what's going on directly with clear you know, eyes, what's going on. If you look at your opponents, you can see their mana, you can see their health, and you can see if there's gank opportunities. If you're like a TF and have a global alt, you can go ahead and try to, you know, get some good gank opportunities by checking places that you have vision. And then there's a setting in Wild Rift apps for you to set up auto-pathing. So you can click on the minimap and run to a point on the minimap that you've clicked on. And then you can use that opportunity while your character is running that way. You can actually scroll on the minimap and check on different things going on. And you can either change your auto-pathing, or you can go ahead and set up some gank opportunities, or you can you know, continue on your merry way and figure out how best to build when you go back to shop next. And that's what I have on the minimap. Do either of you have anything you would like to add on minimap awareness? Uh, t TPs will also show themselves. When they're being teleporters yes that's always a good thing so teleport while really good to allow you to get anywhere your allies are really really quickly etc uh it's also a direct beacon to let the opponents know where you are like it will always show on the mini map regardless of if you have vision or not if it's a, an opponent it's a red spiral if it's an ally it's a green or a blue spiral i think i'm pretty sure it's green always green uh, it's the same with chanel and i believe tf alt too yep yep and with that, I think we're going to go ahead and call this podcast a good close for today. We got some notes that maybe an hour and 45 minutes is a bit long, so we're going to try and keep these a bit more brief somewhere what? around 60 minutes, I think. Yeah. But our banter. 
we got really excited. We had a good time. We're learning things along the way. And one of the things we learned is that less is more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we got rid of M, M right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we got rid of her a little early. We figured less camera time is good for our most famous person. You know, we can keep them coming back for next week. All right. Next week, we're going to be covering micro versus macro and what those mean and how you can be better at both of them. And then we're also going to talk about can you uh, improve in multiple gameplay modes? Can you get, you know, some skills out of intro bots the same way you can out of ranked the same way you can out of ARAM? That's it. That's all I have. No. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I just, I just saved us having to record a whole episode. No, we, no, we actually kind of kind of started that. Yeah, we did. I, I think it might have been while you were disconnected. I talked about, like, I, I use ARAM to get good at dodging skill shots. That is a great way to do it, because there's a limited amount of dodge area, and there's a lot of things to potentially dodge. So ARAM's a good place yeah, to do and it. and I hate being fucking dead, so I dodge everything. But as Ryan said, there's only one place you can learn anything, and that's in a custom game. <laughs> That's boring. Why do you think I'm better than you at the game? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're talking to Antonio. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was going to say, what the... F- know your fucking role. Listen, man, you can be as good as you want, but if you can't convert, what's the point? Bruh. He can convert, though. He just Bruh. doesn't want to. He, you Look at me looking into the camera. Ryan doesn't want to convert to Diamond. He has all the skills necessary, but he... He doesn't know, play 14 games a day. He needs to work on that mental. He can't let that one loss shake him. That 14 games a day mental. Even if it's five losses in a row, can't let it shake him. Oh, man, it. five losses in a row is, is just, I think it's just difficult for anyone. Man. I agree. I agree. And yet you'll find me queuing for that six game chasing that W. Oh, yeah, we will. There was a streak last season in league. I lost 17 games in a row. Oh my god, that's so many in a row. I've had some bad days like that, though. It wasn't a day. This is over a course of, like, a week. Oh my god. You can't even play 17 games in one day, this guy. Bro, the, the games are, like, 35 minutes. We've talked about this. I gotta crank out three more tonight just to prove you can play 17 games in a day. Because I played 14 today. I'm sorry that I work a full-time job. I also work a similar full-time job. Please don't crank out anything around me. Ryan, would you like to crank out some levels on Wild Rifts later? See around you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, see the thing is, Ryan, did see, you just dox yourself? <laughs> see the thing is, as much as I love Wild Rift, I love other games as well. Earth is on Big League right now. Ryan's a big Path of Exile fan right now. By the way, if you like Path of Exile, please leave some comments on our email for Ryan to let him know how much you love it. <laughs> your Especially if builds. you're. Comp- Complaining about how hard the new monsters are. Oh my god, Crimea River. <laughs> Ryan loves it. Ryan loves salt, so the more salt you can give him to feed off of, the happier and more hydrated he will be. Oh, god forbid you can't rush right to the final fucking boss. And you have to take Ryan, you can't say swears! He, I've, swore, I've sworn multiple times already. Oh my goodness. What happened to Friggin'? <laughs> What happened to friggin'? I'm going to have to mark this next podcast explicit. Oh, no. That's it. It's over. We are no longer a podcast for kids. We are a podcast for young adults. What a damn shame. All right. What a damn shame indeed. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I think that's enough from us today. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'm going to hit stop recording now. Bye. Bye.